Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And we are right in the thick of the 80s as we continue our Spring Outbreak series. George, tonight you are watching Day of the Dead. What do you think? I think some of the zombies were still blue. Yes, they were. Dapa Diba This is a sequel die. of a sequel of a sequel of a sequel. Some of them were about to get married, unfortunately. And some of them were performing as a clown when they died. <laughs> it's very unfortunate. Sure it wasn't a mime? No, it was, it was a clown. clown. It was a clown. For sure. So I take it you've already watched the film. Yeah. It's a classic from 1985, which is a pretty good year if you're a Royals best. fan or... A zombie movie fan. Bears fan. Friday the 13th fan. And not a huge stickler about the whole Jason thing. Yeah. 1985. If you like Bowling for Soup, it's a good year. (laughs) So when we got onto this track, we watched Night of the Living Dead. You didn't love it. We kind of razzed you about it. We watched Dawn of the Dead. You liked it more. Travis didn't. We razzed him about it. (laughs) <laughs> what was wrong with him nobody raised anybody pants. about zombie because Troy was here and we didn't want to appear feeble that's true but now it's just us unsupervised who's getting razzed tonight mm, I think Dan is what <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what god I mean it might it might be me I mean I mean I'm I'm not like you know, head over heels for this movie but like there's parts of it that I liked what were the parts that you liked because I know the ones you didn't like. I can just tell. The parts that I liked. Like, what, what was I it about liked, this one that you, you would watch again for? I liked, I liked the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, Frankenstein, they called him. Lo- I liked, uh, I liked what he was doing. I enjoyed that. I liked Bub. Love Bub. I mean, Bub is like... You know, I I love that they they and I never knew it when I watched Shaun of the Dead before, but I love how Shaun of the Dead like nods to Bub a lot because that's just like, you know, spoiler yeah. alert, that's what they do with all the zombies. They tame them. Yeah, you know, and the the, the mannerisms of Bub is like a lot of what Shaun does when he's pretending, like mm-hmm. in the very beginning when he's pretending yes. to be a zombie. Yes, very Bub like. I liked how the zombies didn't use tools except for Bub, who was being exposed to all these things. And the doctor was like jogging his memory and yeah, he's like Coco the girl and all that stuff. And, <laughs> and they kind of developed that, that, uh, that part of the story from the, the last one where like the memories are still in there. Mm-hmm. You know, they still, they know they want to go to the shopping mall, but they don't know why. Right. You know what I mean? They kind of develop that a little bit more. But this one has more of a uh, sentimental... It's not the commentary so much as the humanity of it. Like yeah. The, it was done well, be- uh, much better, saying, okay, they're memories in their head, not routines or whatever it is in the last movie where it was almost like a commentary on human beings, how zombie-like we are. This was more like... Well, I like that message, too. I do but, I do as well, but I didn't want to hear that again. They they mm-hmm. tackled a different part of it. Yeah. Like, in the in the end, when you look at it, Bub's like the most human <laughs> yeah. character. You're kind of like, yeah, Bub, go Bub. Yeah, go Bub. <laughs> I want to see him walk into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if they took him with him on the chopper. Well, he was very Frankenstein-ish. That, that's what yeah. I liked about him. Yeah. Hey guys, so, can we can we just make a promise that this is a safe space? A safe space? I mean, we're all yeah, friends absolutely. here, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Did we say something wrong? I don't like this movie. <gasps> I, I we're gonna razz him. We're gonna razz. Yes, it's too then slow, you pick man. It? <laughs> it's important, nah. kind of. Right. I don't know. It's important because Greg Nicotero, like. If he wasn't involved in this, I would be like, yeah, we can skip that one. The gore is awesome. It's brutal as hell. But the story is just, I think 
you know, Dawn of the Dead is too ambitious for its budget. This movie is more ambitious by tenfold. And so what they wanted, I think, would have been really cool, and then they didn't have any money, and so it's mostly just guys in, like, army surplus gear underground. Mm -hmm. Slow. I don't know. I don't love this movie. I didn't think it was slow. What I liked about it, and I think that's why George and I like it more than Dan, is because it's the closest to The Walking Dead out of the three. Not quality-wise, but like Dan said, Dan, uh, Greg Nicotero is Savini's assistant. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of Walking Dead shtick, a lot of yeah. uh, the way they kill, the way they pull them apart, everything's in your face, mm-hmm. they're in your face. I was surprised at the amount of gore yeah, in the, the movie. There was, you know, there's there was one where he's pulling the guy's face off and his eyeball's like bugging out. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That like part's they just awesome. totally, they went there. Yeah. Plus, there's a lot of isms or tropes or n- new things that become tropes from this movie that make their way to the show. The cutting off the arm. Yes. Uh, you know, save them from the infection by amputation. Yep. Uh, the military morons, the head cases. Mm-hmm. You know, they're basically the Shanes. Yep. You know, they're gonna they're more dangerous than the monsters because they're just they're yeah. uncontrollable. Yeah. Uh the you know, the the scientists. There's a there's a couple characters in the show where they start experimenting on these things and they start trying to figure out, okay, how do we get these things to uh not be zombies? And it kind of plays not so much on the let's figure them out because we want to tame them, but it's more like I want to save people I love who are already turned. Let me figure out how to save the one I love by experimenting on this absolute nobody. Right. So there's a lot of things in that that stick. Was it done well? No. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. No. I kept having to remind myself, like, it's 1985. Mm-hmm. You know. Just... I, I would, I, out of the three, I've heard this is this is the one you didn't have to watch. But after watching all three, I actually like this one better than Dawn. For reasons that other people probably don't care. It just, to me, it speaks to me more. The other one was too comical. It was too silly. It was way too silly. At least this one took itself to a point where... (laughs) Too seriously. (laughs) Yes. There's just no fun. Like, I don't like any of these characters. I don't care if they survive. None of them are likable. Just nuke them all. I don't care. Except for Bub. Eh. Bub's likable. Eh. Bub was likable. Eh? So uh, So was the pilot. What was his name? Flyboy? Yeah, the my new, the new Flyboy. My issue with the pilot was the accent. Yeah, they made a choice to have the Caribbean accent because they want to kind of tie it into the whole voodoo, yeah, you know, Islander, yeah, lore. But he's yeah. you couldn't understand them a few times. Like I'm just like, wait, what did he just say? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you on that. I liked his. But I like. I like his character's mentality though. Yeah. Like, what? What are you? You know, when he's talking to you know what's her name, um, Sarah, right? Uh. You know, what are you trying to do? Like, you're just trying to, like, create another file to be left down yeah. here? Like, yeah, what's you your know? purpose? Yeah. Like, and he tells her straight up, like, when they're having that conversation when she decides to get drunk, you know, you know, speak your mind. It's easier to speak your mind right. than to hold it in, you know? And he speaks his mind too. And they, like, kind of, like, bond over that. Like, they totally disagree with each other. Like, but it is easier to just speak your easier. mind, you know? Yeah. I liked that they, um, w- with the scientists, the two different philosophies, mm-hmm. you know, where obviously Sarah's philosophy was to figure out what was causing it so you could cure it or figure out how to reverse it or whatever. And, you know, Frankenstein was just like, we're going to have to live with this, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's live with it. Let's, let's you know, let's figure out turd. what we can do. You know, like, and, you know, those those are the two philosophies, right? There's, you know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually the, some of the things that Dan has 
watched in his life and made us watch, I'm surprised that he doesn't like this. <laughs> <laughs> because oh my God, this is Spielberg. This compared is Spielberg to some compared to some of that shit we have already watched. <laughs> Definitely. I don't think it's uh, a quality issue. I mean, Romero makes a competent movie that I can watch from beginning to end, and I can follow the plot. And the character motivations are sometimes too clear. You know, they are that, on the nose. That's for they are on the nose. Mm-hmm. And I can deal with that. I think my issue is it has really great gore and the rest of it just can't live up to the gore, right? I think the story is there, but it's not... The reason why I don't even think I'm a fan of George Romero <laughs> is because, <laughs> I mean, that's wrong to say. I mean, I, I thank you for your contributions, but... A lot of great stuff has come from it. There was a quarterback in New England before Tom Brady who played quarterback. And probably played pretty well. Not as good, but Tom Brady comes in and becomes an icon. People have taken what Romero has done, the foundation, and have done it so much better. They've braided it. Yo, they cheated they the hell out of it, too. Yeah, deflated they the, the balls. The, deflated the balls. Videotaped the other defenses. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you gotta do. Basically, yeah. I mean, it's awesome to see Greg Nicotero in this movie. And understand why he's where he is right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that is the basis of this entire uh, his outbreak is to go from Night of Living Dead to Walking Dead and see how it got there. And we are doing that. Definitely. And that's why we had to watch this one. Even though I don't watch this one regularly, I'm just not in love with it. And I don't know. I mean, you know, she's pretty. She smells nice. Her personality's great, but I'm just not feeling the love. I hear you. You know who she reminded me of? Who, George? He's not talking about the girl in the movie. He's 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 saying the movie is she. Oh. <laughs> but you, yeah. know who's, you know who Sarah reminded me <laughs> of? Oh, okay. Who? Yeah, okay, sure. Who? Leia. Princess Leia? Yeah. Oh. Princess Leia. I don't know. Have you seen Star Wars? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, you are a little she, short to be a stormtrooper. She reminds me of Sarah Connor, if anything. She's kind of tough, but not like yeah, but out and out tough. Like Sarah Connor in Terminator soft. 1. Terminator 1, Sarah Connor, yes. Not Terminator 2, like bruising no. tough lady, no. No, not doing chin ups on the bed frame. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Maybe it was the look of her. You know, like, she you know, like with her hair, with her hair kind of up. I was like, why isn't the hair over her ears like it's supposed to be? I don't know. And also, like, Leia was a badass. You know, like, yeah, Leia was a, you know, Leia was a rebel. I don't think she was she developed was... enough though to have that iconic comparison. Out of the movie, I think she's the least developed character. This movie yeah. or Star Wars? This movie. Like she kind of just. They don't tell us where she came from, really, technically. She's just a doctor. Like, there wasn't any background to her. But all she's sudden, strong, though. Yeah. She's, like, the strongest of all of them. Yeah. I think Mr. Bean with a mustache was pretty strong. He was pretty strong. So, uh, hold on. <laughs> what was what was the mission of this group? Can anybody remind me? I think the mission was the doctor's. It's kind of like uh, the CDC in Walking Dead. Yeah. The doctor's job was to f- originally probably to figure out a cure. The military was there to protect them because it's a military facility. They're probably government scientists, so they they have military guidance. And then I Mm -hmm. think their guidance kind of fell off over time. They established that by having the people in charge dying off, and then you're left with (laughs) screamy screamerman. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Uh, Dude, could his eyes get any wider? I thought I was watching. I think he was on cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) I, you know who he reminded me of? Um, the uh, younger brother from Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Yes. Garbage eyebrows. Day. Garbage Day. That's who he reminded me of. I, I think like, there was Yo. a comedian, Dennis Wolfberg. That's who he reminded me of. Look him up. <laughs> oh, I his, have to. His, his George Burns punctuation on jokes was to make his eyes really wide. It's quite... <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with this guy in this movie? Like he has, he's on, he's at 11 all the time, but everything he's doing is not worth listening to. So. Again, again, kind of like the plot, like the character is so on the nose. It's like, yeah, 
but they were all that no way. complexity to it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. They were all that way. They were, I wrote my notes acting 101 because just like in advertising, if you accent everything, you the reader nothing. sees nothing. You're right. So in acting is the same way, you know, you're taught to enunciate and punctuate and go through your script and underline things and double underline sayings and highlight this and this is going to be punctuated, this is going to be over, overdone, underdone, whatever right. it is you're going to do. These guys are just like all of it. Yeah. <laughs> all of it's highlighted. We're going to hit every line like we're falling off a building. Yeah. And to me, it just, I was just like, wow. That's... I wish I could do this movie again and just like totally recast it. I think we should get the cast of Clerks <laughs> to do this script. I don't think no. they'd take anything to 11. You'd really like that better. No, you, no, you never get 11. No, like, like Steel should have been played by like John Goodman. Hmm. Right? I think Bub should have been like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> no, Buscemi is uh is the is the what's his name with a mustache? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Buscemi uh, is the uh, Mr. Bean with a mustache. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dan, since you love this movie so much, you should probably cast it. I you know, <laughs> it's uh, how can a movie with such awesome brutal gore just not entertain me for 80% of the movie. Mm. You know, even stuff like Hostel, which is not Academy Award-winning material, it entertains me more for the non-gory parts than the gory parts. And then I watch this, and I'm just like, bored, 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 gore, bored, 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 gore. And it, without the gore, I would have no reason to turn the movie on. Mm. Even though, what about the guns? Eh. There's a yeah. G3A3 in there, just like in Rambo. I'm like, who brought the G3A3? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> who brought the R2-D2? That's very strange. And for it to happen again, very, very strange. Different caliber of ammunition. It doesn't make any sense. Hey, caramba. But I do like the um, the idea that some of them are just willing to deal with the fact that it's all over, so we might as well enjoy our time while we're here. There's something beautiful mm. about that. And I like that part. And the gore. And I like the scare at the beginning with the hands. That part's really cool. Mm. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't like the bub character. What don't you like about him? I don't know that you've got enough time from the outbreak to get to the point that he can evolve. Now, the time frames aren't super laid out, but if these people are alive without any support, it can't have been years, right? It might right. have been a year since night. But I just don't know, given what you see from the, the zombie of Living Dead in the first two movies, mm -hmm. I don't know that you've got sufficient time to establish that much evolution. Or I never took it as evolution. I just took it as learned behavior. Yeah, I, I mean, thought you can, you can teach like, a squirrel to get, you know, pick up a circle with enough <laughs> electricity. You could teach that squirrel pretty quickly. Or acorns. Or acorns. Yeah. But you I mean, can teach a pigeon to, like, turn around in circles for a piece of bread. Yeah, so I, it's more like a pet reward than evolution. That's, that's what I saw it as, but also, but also tapping into a brain that's much larger than, like, a small animal. Right. You know, like, a, a brain that's, you know... Yeah, you know, they established that that like, you know, very old part of the brain that's like more lizard or reptile than right. anything, um, is what's like taking over, right? Yes, but there's so a whole a there's instinct. a whole mess of brain that's like still there, and like what the scientist was trying to do is kind of tap into the rest of it. So yeah, if you can teach a, you know, a pigeon to dance, you can teach yeah, a zombie I, to the evolution shave. Word never popped into my head. It wasn't really evolution. It was yeah. just like. It was like, uh, you know, it's conditioning, right? Mm -hmm. Right, more like a like a Pavlov situation. Yeah. Well, but see, in conditioning, gosh, we're getting deeper than I thought we'd get tonight, guys. This is fun. But in conditioning, <laughs> you're teaching new behavior with reward, and a lot of what he's doing, you know, the whole forty-five part where he, you know, fires the gun and he knows something should happen, and he looks at it and he examines it. That's not like learned behavior. That is old brain fighting back through the new lizard brain. 
You but know. hasn't that been established throughout the Romero movies? It that has. That's the, where they're going. The memories are in there. Well, the the zombies in in Night of Living Dead were picking up furniture legs and beating windows, but they weren't so. assembling IKEA furniture. No, poorly. but I don't think Bub was you doing know. that either. I think he just kind of he it pulled was more the trigger muscle, and then he looked and examined the gun, including pulling the slide back. Like, well, he was a military yeah. guy, so he had a memory yeah. of that. Yeah, it's muscle memory. I don't know. It's just it's such a leap from Dawn of the Dead with the guy like, I like this M16. I'm stealing it. I'm looking at it the wrong way. You know, like yeah, but that was familiarity versus like please, operational. Don't bring that up again. <laughs> I don't know, don't man. Bring that movie up again. No, actually, I like what they did with Bub and the gun yeah. much more than they yeah. did with the guy with the M16 or the zombie with the M16. Just like not knowing what to do with it because Bub was a military guy. He looked like he was in a mummers parade. That was my problem with it. What? The in, M16 in zombie? Dawn. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just like, what? first of all, what's with the walk? That's the other reason why I like Bob a lot more. <laughs> His, he actually must have gone to the Walking Dead zombie school, school yeah. uh, 20 years prior. Yeah. Because he was step leaps and bounds above everybody else. Yeah. And well, he, he had was, a big part, so they probably coached yeah, him. But, up. I mean, have him hang out with people and teach them. Like you still yeah. had the fr- you had the the frozen Frankenstein's walking around, and they're on the same set as as Bub. Yeah, like he's doing way more. Yeah, they had like some zombies. Like this one chick was like holding her shoulder as a zombie. I'm like, why are you doing that? You're a zombie. When that one uh, military guy, the guy that wound up doing himself in, when they started John coming, Goodman, John Goodman, when they started coming in the room, and they're that's when I noticed how many blue zombies there still were. Yeah, there's still like, blue zombies. What did you guys think of all of the <laughs> the variety of zombies that you had? I don't like that. Me neither. Not at all. Not a fan. Like, why? Wedding dress zombie? Why? Yeah, no. Who dies in their wedding dress? Honestly. No. I mean, there's your movie, right? Give me the zombie <laughs> wedding. Mm. The zombie The blue wedding, wedding right? And that, that's the ah, movie I don't like. a blue watch. wedding. And I go, click. <laughs> I don't think I'm watching Zombie Wedding. I don't think you guys are going to like Zombie Lake, where they just paint people's faces kind of blue. I don't think you're going to like that one. I'm okay with that if they look like they're dead. Oh, no, they just look like they painted their faces blue. <laughs> they just look like they're blue. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they put their face in the airplane toilet. <laughs> like Clark's arm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't. I don't hate it, and I think I didn't because I could see. I see know. what you're about to say. That's what how I felt about Dawn. I didn't hate it because I saw what. I saw the beginnings of what comes from the Dawn. things th- that I hated were stuff that, eh, like the acting and this and that. But I I didn't mind the story. I I like that. I didn't either. Mentality of being in a fallout shelter with people that are more dangerous than what you're hiding from. I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Just, it could have been done better too. The, like the doctor even, should even have the been story. Better. Like you know, they should have maybe I, I don't know. I, I I guess I'm used to like Walking Dead where these things develop over the course over of time. seasons, but like you know, when there's a a rift in the group, like that develops over time a, mm-hmm. and they really kind of get into it. It starts small and it kind of festers and it festers and it festers and it turns into that. In this movie, you come in like Right as shit's hitting the fan. Like, right as the leader dies and this new guy's a dick. Right. Like, and he's about to, like, he doesn't care. Like, but he's you're able kill you. to do that in one episode. Sure. It doesn't have to be a full season of development. Like, you can establish with just a little bit of finesse, a little bit of schooling and storytelling. You could take a guy that no one knows about and establish within three or four minutes why people hate him. Yeah, and and why he can't be trusted, and you can do it well. That yeah. as long as they're not screaming all the time, you might actually pay attention and, and understand. <laughs> but once they, I mean, it was like being in the worst school with the worst teacher with zero patience. That's what it was like watching. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I think that 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 guy, um, like the new leader guy, the guy with the two six shooters, yeah. which were pretty cool, by the way. Um, he would have been really good played by the guy who played the governor. Okay. In 
David Walking Mar- Dead. David Morrissey. He had that kind of, the governor had that kind of insanity no. towards <laughs> the end. Gene Wilder. <laughs> Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder as that guy. Is it Rickles, I think his name is? Rickles? No, 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 no. Rickles is uh, Fisher. Is uh, John Goodman's partner. Oh. Shit. He's uh, Rhodes? Ro- Rhodes is the oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Choke on him. Choke on yeah, him. Yeah, choke on him. That's Rhodes. Yeah, he's God. eating his legs. Choke on him. I mean, that's a... But see, that's... A, Kirkman, <laughs> Kirkman totally took that from his... For his comic book. Yeah. There is a scene where that happens, but it's not corny. And it doesn't, he's, it's not that line. He yells tainted meat instead of choke on him because the cannibals are eating him. So it's like mm. they didn't know that he was already bit. Mm. So they're eating his leg. Hmm. I remember that. Hmm. And, and, He's laughing, and they're like, what are you laughing at? We're eating your leg. And he's like, tainted meat, he tells them. And then they realize, and then they all throw up, and they die. But it's like, that was not a five-season buildup. That was like- No, you're right. That was just a one- It's just they, one... they, that, that Garrett character, the mm-hmm. main cannibal, they were only in it for like a couple episodes, and they developed it very well to the point where you thought he was going to kill everybody. It's possible, because he's unhinged. They establish, but then he's like Gene Wilder. Like, he's unhinged, but then he has this calm, mm. you know, best friend kind of conversation right before he's about to kill you kind of thing. And it's like, it doesn't take long to do that. Yeah. Can if I you have... jump in here and just point out how difficult it must be to be a cannibal during a zombie outbreak? <laughs> Talk about competition. Yeah, right? Right. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. The ultimate capitalism. <laughs> Oh, jeez Like, what? Do zombies eat other things, like deer and stuff? Yes. In certain movies, okay. they do. Okay. I don't think you see I've them. never be- seen a zombie animal, though, other than... uh, Other than, like, the rabbit from, like, uh, Monty Python. Right. I'm just kidding. No, I think in um, Resident Evil, they have the uh, zombie Dobermans. Mm-hmm. But it's never really been a thing where if a, if a deer gets bit, it becomes like the undead deer. Right. Never seen that. Well, no, because it's... It would be it's, interesting, It's though. not common for, you know, these types of things. Well, I guess if you got species. somebody who's, like, scientifically driven in their writing, kind of like a Michael Crichton, that could kind of write that in the story that... Because most viruses are jumped from animals to man. So if they could kind of figure out a way that the virus was passed, then they could kind of figure out a way to make yeah, well, animal uh, zombies that's make not, sense. That's not common, though. Right. But it happens every once in a while, sure. Right. It's not common. And usually when... I mean, I'm listen, I'm not a virologist or anything, but when it happens, it usually happens between like this species and one other species. It's not like just like a virus that affects everything, right. you right. know? Right. So yeah, it would be cool to have like a, hey, this, you know, this thing passed from, you know, whatever to, I don't know, insert you know, turkeys. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden we have zombie turkeys. You know, well, they kind of and they come to kill you, and they're like you just can't. But only on Thanksgiving, and only on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Dan, I think we should k- reach out to the um the director of um Silent Night Deadly Night. We got his next movie, <laughs> <laughs> Zombie Turkeys. Well, they kind of touch on sw- the swine flu on the show. Yeah, and I know it a movie we're going to be watching soon. They touch on a different kind of infection, so. I mean, it's it's if it's well written, it's it's it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, to have animal involvement of some sort. I'm sure. Anyways, the reason why I asked that was because, like, if you're a cannibal, and you're competing with these zombies for food, I mean, technically, if you're just a person, you're competing with these zombies for food, unless you're a vegan. And who's a vegan? Mm. In you know, post in the zombie, zombie apocalypse, apocalypse, there will be no vegans. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. You might. It's all you got. Yeah, I don't know. You might have to go back to picking berries. You know? I mean, it would be... 
very commendable if you can stick to that diet. I think you're going to eat whatever the fucking you find. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, this... No, I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> A little salt on that... I can eat that. You know, oh, it's just like, God, oh, no. Oh, oh God. We, I was you trying should, to think of something as disgusting. You as should like, keep that in there, but like just bleep <laughs> <laughs> what he said. I don't know. Talk about tainted meat, right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, mm. just, just bleep it because it's uh, a bleep is always funny. I do Jimmy like Kim a bleep. Will establish that. <laughs> I can see the word "the" and you put a bleep in there, and it it changes everything. All right, I'll bleep it. Bleep time. Bleep, and the whole wrangling. That's that's used a few times in the show. You know, wrangling the dead. Oh, yeah. Harvesting the dead for whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I think that's, I probably would have hated this movie a lot more if I didn't notice all the things that Greg brought to the show from his early days of doing makeup with Tom Savini. Yeah. I mean, literally that part, that gag where they have the, when he's screaming, you know, choke on him. You know, that's, that's like. Special effects 101 to put the guy's torso in the ground and then have the fake body. Mm-hmm. And they just start pulling him apart. I'm like looking at that. I'm like, that's like been done like 19 times in the show and it's still new. That movie was what, 85? So we're talking 30 plus years. Yeah. And they're still doing that gag today. Yeah. And it's still really awesome. It's just a lot better. Oh, I don't know if you can get better. Plus, uh, my favorite backstage, you know, behind the scenes story on that is that they didn't do a good job refrigerating the guts they kept using over and over again. So if you watch that scene again, when they rip him open, everybody has to like fight the urge to make a face because it's just uh, unleashing horrible smells upon the cast. I'm sure. But I think it probably made the acting a little better. Not really, but yeah. Begged to differ, but okay. <laughs> Sounds good on paper. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I think she, her and Bub were probably the most solid actors in the whole movie. Yeah. And then the close second would be Flyboy 2. You know, and here's the thing. The I don't even mind that they have a, a pilot, but if you have military people, I don't know if he knew this at the time, but the military has people that fly helicopters yeah. too. They could have had one of those. I wouldn't trust any of those guys to fly anything. And then just to call him Flyboy again multiple times, I'm just like, guys, mm. we're reusing the best parts of the early movie, but like you're doing it worse. I think there was part. Well, it's, it's allowed when it's written and directed by the same person. I kind of thought that too. I was like, oh, why'd they call him Flyboy? I mean, it's not I think plagiarism. It I'm not going to sue him, but it just, you know, sometimes like, you know, The Unforgiven 2 isn't as good as The Unforgiven. We didn't need a second mm. one. We certainly mm. didn't need an Unforgiven 3, Metallica. Was there? <laughs> yeah, they did an Unforgiven 3 on one of their later okay. records, and we don't need that. Yeah! Oh, God. I don't know about that. We don't uh, need uh, that... Uh... <laughs> that... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry for Metallica fans who... Sorry, James. Like They like Unforgiven 3, Volume 2. My favorite. Saint Anger is my favorite. Mm. Oh my God. You push eject. You push eject. <laughs> my favorite no. ba- uh, Metallica story is when I con- confronted one of my relatives who loves Metallica about kind of the inane quality of the lyrics on the last couple records. He goes, Lyrics have always been like that, man. You just weren't listening. <laughs> I'm like, No, oh, they were better. And these records suck, but I'm glad you like oh, them. Oh, yeah. But yeah, good argument. See, I can't. They've always sucked. So deal with it. Okay. <laughs> cool. Thanks, bro. See, I don't mind the Black Album because that's what brought me to them. But then, I mean, I like I like their older stuff. Yeah, obviously. I was just kidding when I said I like Saint Anger. I mm-hmm. didn't know anything about recording or like music in general or anything. But I knew that that snare sounded like shit <laughs> when I heard that. <laughs> like, I didn't know anything but I knew I didn't like the way that sounded. Yeah, I think my I kids we even were like, what's wrong? Is our speaker broken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess we can't <laughs> at Lars Ulrich. <laughs> we could. Uh, There's all kinds of memes about podcast. how he doesn't know how to play the drums. But I don't know. I don't think the snare sound was his fault. No. 
It's probably some roadie. No, he wanted it that way, guys. Mm. He did that some on purpose, producer. and then he bragged about mm. it. Did he really? Oh, yeah. I remember him being interviewed. Welcome to the Metallica remedial film class <laughs> episode. <laughs> he's, I saw an interview with him where he's like, yeah, man, yeah. I keep taking our masters out and listening to them in my car while I'm driving around. This is heavier than we've ever been. Ugh. Dude. Mm. No. Mm. Yeah, I like the Black Album. That's like my favorite. Oh, guys, come on. That's that mainstream Master Puppet. Master Puppets is good. Ride the Lightning is Master the best Puppets. one. Ride the Lightning is good. I actually kind of like Load and Reload. They're fine. There's some fun stuff on there. One is actually the song that I started listening to them, but I didn't realize it, who they were. Mm. I just love that song. And then the Black Album brought me back. I was like, oh, these are the guys. Because mm. uh, MTV used to play one at midnight every night. It's an awesome yeah. video. Yeah, at Bagger's Ball would play at midnight. You knew it was midnight because one was coming on. I was like, I like these guys. Yeah. Even though I was kind of like scared of the people that wore Metallica shirts and stuff in school. Really? I was like, well, they were a little, they were a little off to me. Because I was like walking <laughs> not, around. Not your speed. Well, no, I'm walking around looking like Rudy. And these guys looking like. You're uh, still walking around looking like Rudy. Okay. I got a lot less hair. <laughs> and no football jacket. But Yeah. And they would come in from the bathroom smelling like smoke with their jean jacket and the 19 patches, mm. all the, you know, the Slayer patches. See, those are my people, though. Those are my people. But then as I got older, I was like, these are the guys. Yes. These guys are cool. Some yes. of us that had a lot of Metallica shirts turned out just fine. Yeah. Even <laughs> if we don't like Day of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> but your reasons aren't good enough. Yeah. But I, you're allowed to because I, I had a hissy fit last week, so. I mean, I have no complaints about the direction. <laughs> I have no complaints about the gore or the blood. The blood looks awesome. It's just something about... It's a little too red, but pretty good. Ugh, you can just never be happy. Uh, all, of these, all of these movies have given me an even greater appreciation for what Nicotero is doing right. in The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is the best looking zombie ever. Period. Yes. And the gore is the best most realistic I've ever seen and I don't know I mean they are just religious about the way all of their zombies look even if they're extras even if they're red hats like it doesn't matter they all look good well it's because they have a source material and they have a consistency like and they have a budget all the well all the drawings yeah that sweet sweet AMC money yeah but all the drawings in the comics they drew them, even there's two artists, they're still drawn the same way. Yeah. So when you see a Walking Dead zombie, you know what it is from. There's no, oh, is that from some Italian? No, that's in a Walking Dead. The lips, the way the teeth are, mm-hmm. the the skin, the it's all it's all gnarly for a reason. But they have probably, they, it's almost like brand standards. Like, well, I work in a casino. We mm-hmm. have brand standards. Everything that goes out in the mail or on billboards, whatever, all has the same kind of look. That's exactly what I'm talking about. These movies do not have that. Mm-mm. We did. We saw in this movie about seven different levels styles. of zombie. Yeah. Not even levels. Like, you can take levels of decay, but still have the same style. Right. This movie has no, no, no consistency. Yeah. No brand. Right. It's like, all right, we got five artists. Everybody just do what you want. Yeah. And it didn't, it, it completely showed that way. Like you have Smurfette walking out with the sunk, you know, the, the, uh, I haven't slept in five days eyes right next to the guy who looks like, uh, you know, he just came out of an Egyptian tomb and was buried 4,000 years ago. Like it just, it's not consistent. It did like conquistadors though. I would like to have a conquistador <laughs> or two. <laughs> Now in that movie, the zombies, the 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 overly dead zombies had a consistent look, and then the recently dead zombies had a consistent. But it it still had consistency. I love Zombie Two, guys. That might be this my favorite movie. one. It's all downhill from Zombie Two, isn't it? No, about that. no. The Walking Dead is the pinnacle of this. I think there's a couple movies that we're gonna hit that that actually uh, take us out of this rut. 
What rut? I think we're really just firing on all cylinders. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. This is true. You know? It's funny. It's funny because like with the last time we did uh, the fall break, it started with like the best mm-hmm. and then it got better <laughs> and then it got terrible and then it got better. And then it like kind of like trailed off into like, and then you got a remake, which brought you back. Right, exactly. And this is kind of like, it's starting off like kind of like, uh, yeah, it's uh, finding its way. Uh, I can see it. I can see it developing. Right. You know, I can. I can see the potential here. And I'm hoping that it blooms into like this. Well, you've already seen the end result. Yeah, but not so in you know movies. where it's at least you know where it's going. The only mystery is how bad it's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gotten better. I think each time. This is true. So, it's interesting. I just find it funny that I crapped on probably millions and millions of people's favorite last week, and Dan's crapping on at least a million people's favorite this week. I'd say probably more. And then George crapped on everybody's favorite. The first three weeks episode, ago. yeah. yeah. It is interesting that we, yeah, each one of us had one that was like, eh. <laughs> eh. Well, I love the, I love the original the best, but I the things I like about day, are the same things I like about night, and the things I hated about dawn. So, at least I'm consistent. I don't know, man. Night is so, like, self-important and takes itself so seriously, but also like delivers a certain amount of like impact in a way that it like earns it mm-hmm. dawn doesn't ever take itself too seriously but you still get an emotional connection to your characters but you have fun you're playing things are different i think travis if you watch the argento cut of dawn of the dead at some point i probably would like you're it. gonna like it better because he fixes the music and i think that's the main thing that you're gonna the attitude of the movie is a little darker and the music is different and you're just going to be like, Argento oh. make the decision to remove the guy who danced with an M16 throughout the climax of the movie? You're just going to have to wait and see, my friend. <laughs> because I had a problem with that. <laughs> and I'm sure he removed the uh, Sergeant Slaughter music during uh, uh, the crescendo of the movie. So, I mean, you know, that's interesting that that movie exists in so many forms. Like, I actually kind of like the comically goofy, poorly acted extended cut, the can the cans cut, mm. which... I realize it's silly, but like, it's fun. It it is having fun and it's earning fun. See, I don't mind silly unless it's done like uh, lazy. I I love silly when it's done smart and creatively. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of silly movies that don't take themselves seriously. Well, like but they're Day of the Dead masterpieces, right? Silly didn't take itself too serious. Oh no, it's unsilly and it takes itself too seriously. I don't think it's silly at all. Yeah, yeah, it's just but it's it, not silly and it takes itself seriously, but it doesn't have any emotional punch. You know, like I don't know, man. It's just it has so much ambition and it executes certain things very well, but it's just missing the heart for me. I guess I think this movie would have been much better if the military guys were likable. Okay, keep going. If I made this movie. Mm-hmm. Same script mm-hmm. with some changes of the military guys, and you get like a band of brothers or like you know Private Ryan's group kind okay. of guys where you you give a shit about them. I mean, you put okay. Ted Danson in this movie, and I am there. <laughs> you don't need a lot of military guys, but you need to experience them as a platoon first. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a flashback, or maybe just show them out in the field. Dealing with a horde. Yeah. Watching the teamwork, watching this and that, maybe seeing some of the tension in the group. Some of the guys don't get along with the other guys. You don't need about 15, 20 minutes, 15 minutes to really establish this group of who they are. Mm-hmm. Then when they start losing it and going off the deep end and then eventually being the cause of the downfall of the fallout shelter, you care. Yeah. And you see the downfall of these guys that were at one point, a well-oiled machine, and now they're a disgrace. They've been worn down. Yeah, they're a disgrace. Mentally, they've been worn down to the point where, you know, they don't trust anybody in their group. These are guys that are supposed to fight to the death with each other. Yeah, and for each other. That would for each other. You know, I'll I'll fall on the line. I'll, what is it? Captain America says, you know, would you lay down on the wire? You know, these guys would lay down on the wire for is each it other. Electrified. 
No, like a or falling a grenade, whatever the the, the okay. analogy. I mean, do is. I have to watch all the seasons, or can I just watch like the first season of The Wire? Of is that enough? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're onto but something it, there. And I, in the end, when you do that, then you care enough to send send the very best, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do the same with the doctors. You only need a couple minutes here and there, just little. T- even Alien Three was able to make. I don't know if you've seen Alien Three. But I know, you, I know. you were able. They so. were able to take a. It's a third version of of a Sigourney Weaver character. It's a planet full of prisoners, murderers, rapists, and uh, you give a shit about these prisoners because they just take just enough time to develop the prisoners and the people in charge to where you give a shit when they get picked off. This movie would have been a million times better if they spent that time. Yeah, it's like but this movie all... is like the third act of a movie that they never made. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I would love to like see what? you know show me the original leader guy, and you know they're leaving the base, they're working together, they're having success. There's some tension between the civilians and the military, but like the military are good guys. The civilians are good guys. They just have different interests and values. But then show me how they lose their leader guy and show mm-hmm. me the other guy step up and be a competent leader and fail and start to lose his grip on control. Yeah. And then he can earn the choke on it, choke on it thing. And I'll care that, oh my God, he's degraded to such a point that he doesn't even care anymore, you know. And they yeah. just didn't. And I think that's really, Go. I think you're getting to the root of my problem is I don't care about any in the anybody in this movie. They're all either stereotypical like knockoffs of Dawn of the Dead characters or they're just, you know, fodder. And I don't like anybody. Here's an idea. Who survived from Dawn? Uh Peter and Francine. How cool would it have been if Bub was Peter? Would that be that thing that I don't like where it turns out that in the end your two most important characters were cousins the whole time? No, but I mean, like, <laughs> you you have an established character that you don't have to build a background on. Everybody already knows his yeah. military background. You, they understand. It's kind of like, you know, uh, Ben, the Ben original nightmare, uh, nightmare, the original Night Night of Living Dead character, Ben. You you take that zombie Ben. Let's say he was bit instead of shot. He was bit. You don't know what happened to zombie Ben. You don't know what where he went. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He shows up. F- three movies later as a captive zombie that they're experimenting on. How did he get to Florida? Though? Well, what I'm saying is you have that establishment. Yeah, so, I, but I know that I know that's an issue. Like, how do you figure that out? But if you take that, then you don't, you don't have to spend all this time fig- establishing why this character has that muscle memory. And then you can, you already care about him. So now here you are caring about a zombie. Mm-hmm. You feel bad for that zombie. You feel bad. You know his background. You know how hard he fought. Yes. And now he's a zombie. Yes. So if they did that with with uh, Peter, or even if they, like you said, and I said, establish the the platoon, and Bub is one of those guys that you established earlier in the movie, but now it's like a two year time jump, and he's the zombie that they're getting to assimilate. Basically, right. Yeah. I mean, you've you, got you the leader. You've got dead leader the guy. Leader. You get dead leader guy. You make him bub, and now you've got this feeling of like certain people don't think they should be keeping him as a pet, but they disagree with the people who do have him because look at the progress we're making. We're getting back to our old colonel. What's his butt? You know, there's a conflict there without it being like <laughs> a shouting conflict. You know, it can be philosophical. And maybe Rhodes is Rhodes is the reason why the leader was killed. Yeah, or bit. Yeah. So now there's that tension. All the guys hate him because their leader's fallen because there's so many things they could have done within, you know, little little bits. Yeah. And that's where I get angry because I'm like, if I can write a better movie than these guys in, in five minutes, then, then they just didn't do the, they didn't do the well, work. Well, I mean, in the end, what they chose to do was just <clears throat> none of those things. Absolutely <laughs> none of them. They just screamed and ripped the people apart, and that'll be good enough because gore sells, and it does, and right. it did. And I bought this movie again. Here we are, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's on our podcast. But it's important. It Greg is. Greg Nicotero is very important. He's very, 
important. Although I prefer his work in Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> I don't actually, I, pref- I guess. But that I one. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know about that. that. Yeah. There's some good well, stuff. Well, what's great about him is If you a- ask Greg Nicotero about his work in Jason Goes to Hell, he goes, what movie? <laughs> He's like, no, I'm sure he's very proud of it. <laughs> Didn't you say that he uh he kept he has some, one of his props? Yeah, still he kept some stuff. In his house? Yeah, yeah. Um, what I love most about Greg Nicotero is that he's the director of the show as well. So he's taking yeah not just the, the knowledge that he learned from Savini, but he's taking the knowledge he learned from Romero and Savini, and he's applying it to the nine or ten. 15 more years of influence he had before he was able to direct this show. I mean, the fact that he's not just the artistic director, he's the director. So he's able to deal with actors. He's dealing with emotion. He's done it himself. Not so much in this movie. He's not doing much acting in this movie, but I mean, he's he squibbed up real nice. Yeah. Who's Johnson? Which character? Was he was, Johnson? he was the quietest blonde with the beard. He really didn't say much at all, but he was bit on the neck when they were in the uh, quarry. Is he? No, I think he's the oh one that gets God, shot by the time. bit on the neck guy. Because they look oh, almost the same. I watched it twice because yeah. I was like, hold on. I thought he got bit, but yes. now he's getting shot. And it's because they both have shot, blonde right. hair and, and beards. And a beard. So it's like I have to, they're twins. I have to go back and watch it again. No. He's the one not laughing like a witch. <laughs> <laughs> And then the other guy was laughing like a witch. And yeah. then the John Goodman guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to go blonde. back and watch it again yeah. because I I, I know what Greg Nicotero looks like. I've seen him like, I don't know, a dozen times on mm-hmm. Talking Dead. But like, yeah. I didn't even recognize him. You'll recognize him now now that you know you're I will you're now, yeah. Him, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was real happy in the opening credits to see the name Tasso Stavrakis. Who I saw that was in uh, Friday the 13th's makeup department as well. So you've got a lot of the band getting back together from the first Friday. Nice. I was surprised Savini wasn't in this movie. I guess because he was the motorcycle guy. They didn't want to. Been there, done that. Yeah. But he, he's kind of like Bruce Campbell, where he has to be in you know, every Sam Raimi movie, no matter what, even though there's no con- continuity. wait you were just a villain that got killed in that movie and now you're a doorman like i just don't he's amazing i love bruce campbell more in real life than in the movies (laughs) (laughs) have you ever seen what else maniac cop yes okay (laughs) that sounds like a great one oh man season four what's up (laughs) spring break too (laughs) oh man this weekend we watched an old well a recent john oliver you guys watch john oliver the TV show? Yeah, on HBO. On HBO? I met John Oliver. Is he amazing? He seems amazing. Yeah, he was a nice guy. I, I don't watch any TV, so. So he I, introduced me to a show that I never knew existed. Oh, my God. Called Cop Rock. Have you guys ever seen Cop Rock? No. Oh, wait. Yeah. It, I've seen that. It's a police show from the early yeah. 90s, and it's produced yeah. by Stephen Bochco, who did like Kill Street Blues and NYPD mm-hmm. Blue, but in between... He made a cop show where it's also like a Broadway musical. Yep. Oh my God, guys. It's bad. It's the worst (laughs) thing I've ever seen, and I just need to tell the whole world to watch it. Thank you, John Oliver, for bringing that to my attention. Oh my God, guys. I've watched it every day since I heard about it, because I can't believe it's real. I keep thinking I'm going to wake up and it's a dream. I'm going to tell everybody, hey, I had this dream. There was a cop show, but there was a guy, and he was singing about being a baby merchant. Oh my god, guys. I'll send you some clips after the show. <laughs> Baby merchant. Or like the song He's Guilty <laughs> or Bumpty Bumpty, guys. Bumpty Bumpty. They made this Travis, show in Travis real life. Travis is checking his texts. <laughs> I just read your text. What the fuck are mummers? <laughs> yeah, what is a mummer? I don't know. Do I have to bleep that? Is that like a racial thing? No, no. It's a Philadelphia thing. Do you remember when... Uh, <laughs> What's his name? Oh shit, Kelsey, not not Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah, Travis Kelsey. No, his brother, Bob. <laughs> John Kelsey. John no. Kelsey. <laughs> no. Um, that other football player guy. Yeah, the brother of Travis Kelsey, the less talented Kelsey yeah. brother. Yes, sir. No, he's not less talented. Less he's talented. a fantastic center. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
So Dan's going to bleep the word mummers. That's hilarious. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Jason Kelsey. Jason? Yeah, it's Jason Is it Kelsey. Tommy Jason Kelsey? Tommy Jason Kelsey, yeah. <laughs> Remember how he was dressed when he delivered his speech yeah. on the art museum steps? He was dressed as a mummer. What is a, a mummer? mummer? It's kind of like uh, you see him on uh, down in Mardi Gras sometimes. Just very flamboyantly dressed. It's the... You know, Overly it's, feathered. Yes. Yeah, so in in, Phila- in Philadelphia, there is a New Year's parade. There is a New Year's parade where grown men <laughs> dress up in costumes. Musicians, musicians, and they're usually grown men and women. I'm not sure. Yeah, there are women in there. Are there? Yeah. Um, they dress up with sequins and feathers. Um, they play instruments and they have a theme usually um like yeah they do a choreographed dance each there's like different sects of mummers right so there's like the aqua string band and there's like the something string band the and there's like the what you call it string band and saxophones. they all they all compete to see who has the best most wonderful choreography and music and i don't know Mummerness, right? But it's not hip hop. It's like it's string band. It's string band music, and they just like they march and they dance and they do like their thing, and then it's like a it's whole a day high school thing. band on crack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like it's yeah. It's marching band meets Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras on yeah. New Year's Day in Philadelphia. Drunk. It's actually kind of great. It's 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 a great thing. Yeah, but I wasn't aware that other people don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, mummers. Yeah, they're like so iconic here. But yep. Yeah. Yeah, just look it up. Fancy brigades. No. You No? Nah. Seriously? Just it's, no, just very, look up one it's, YouTube video. It's very Seriously. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. But it's 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 uh it's localized icons. Yeah. I think I might just it's watch more like Rocky. Cop Rock. It's way better than Cop Rock. I don't know, man. It's like, wow! Look at these costumes. He's looking it up. <laughs> hey, there's some stormtrooper mummers. Yeah, yeah, dude. They, they they have different themes. It's ridiculous. It's something you might want to check no, out this New Year's. I don't. You know, parades don't do it for me. It's not a parade. Like, Meh. hey, check out my fire engine. It's Meh. <laughs> it's like theatrical. It's uh, a million times better than Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> Because it at least has a point. I don't know, does it? And there's no point? zombies looking in a barrel of an M16 dan- I think the, dancing with it. I think the best part of the Mummers Parade is the drinking afterwards. Drinking. Looks like there's some yeah. drinking going on beforehand, too, if these pictures oh, are definitely oh, yeah. beforehand, beforehand, They're during, definitely tailgating that shit. Yes. If you're under four, you're still drinking. Yes. It's yeah. like Bill's fans level of, you know... <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason why Santa Claus got pelted with snowballs. They yes. were all mummers in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers yep. for all the plastic and wooden uh, tables at that parade. Yes. Yep. Lots of tables mm-hmm. smashing. Yep. Oh, it's definitely a... <laughs> wow, we just had a uh, <laughs> a mummers uh, remedial film class. Hey, podcast. listen, we delve into all kinds of important... Uh, we cover it all. You know, subject matter. We're here. just well-rounded individuals. That's all. That's right. Hey, so one thing I wanted to take a quick poll of the group with regards to Day of the Dead, Travis, you mentioned that you'd never seen it all the way through until today. Oh well, yeah, last night. Okay, uh, George, you just watched it today. Mm-hmm. I watched it in high school, which would have been like you know two thousand and three ish. Okay. Here's one thing I'll bring up with the way that we look at this movie. We all watched it after 9-11, mm-hmm. after Desert Storm, after the Yellow Ribbons, after 9-11, after right. Black Hawk Down and all these like, you know, feeling better about ourselves kind of media things. This movie came out 10 years after Vietnam and before mm-hmm. Panama. Mm-hmm. So I think our perspective may have been shifted such that we want more out of these army guys where an audience of us in 85 might have been like, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So I think we need to recognize that. I agree with that, but I think we also had this conversation when it came to 
maybe not military, but police. And we actually talked about it during the First Blood movie, how buffooned <laughs> the, uh, how lampooned the National Guard was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they turned them into complete and total idiots. And Rambo represented the military that we are basically getting in this movie. You know, he comes home, he's seen as a baby killer, he's seen as terrible person, spit on him, don't welcome him home, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's one end of it, and then the National Guard is the other end of it. So we don't like what they did, so let's turn them into clowns. I don't know. I didn't even think of any of that while watching this movie. I just thought that they could have been done with more depth. But That's I wonder all. if I there's just really... not room for depth in the thinking in 85. Yeah. You know, no, in I, the I audience, that, or at least in the, in, in the small camp making this movie. It was the same thing with Robocop. I love Robocop. You know, that movie's perfect. They... <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same thing. You're like, you look at the cops, you look at how, how militarized they are. And they, they basically are just guys in a suit. They're just a number. Uh, you experience that in Starship Troopers. Like, there's a lot of movies. It, Aliens kind of takes the opposite route. They're all a bunch of guys, a bunch of jarheads, quote-unquote jarheads, you're not supposed to care about, but they're all great characters, and they're all well-written, so that you do care about them. And it didn't take long to do that, to get you to like every single character in that movie. This movie does the opposite. You don't care about anybody. And I, that's where I agree with Dan. I don't agree. I don't, I don't care about any of them. Not one. Except for Sarah. I really didn't even connect with her. Does she earn it? I don't know that she does. I, don't know. I think so. Again, this movie would have been perfect if Bub had a Leatherface type ending where he's walking off into the sunset. Because he was the only one I cared about. That would have been little, kind of fun, actually, bit. yeah. Just do an homage to Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. He doesn't have to be dancing. Maybe he kind of stands there with the sun in front of him, puts the headphones on. They should take <laughs> him. They should take him with them to the island, and he's like their butler. Yeah, I mean, they pay homage to that in uh, Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So why not have Bub be part of the family? I mean, he's basically human. Well, he didn't have the connection with them. That's why he had I know, the connection with the doctor. I'm just kidding. But I mean, that, that would be a terrible thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nah. I don't think there's anything that would have nah, made it nah. any better. Bub or served worse. his purpose. His purpose was to, you know, take out. Uh, and I think with him following uh, Rhodes and shooting him on purpose mm-hmm. it was a little less characteristic. I think he should have been maybe shot once or twice by accident because Bub was just kind of getting those muscle memories of pulling the trigger, the trigger, but actually having him aim at him and fire didn't didn't seem right. I liked it. But it still didn't bother me as much as the guy with the M16, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that wonderful, redundant, incorrect stance about the M16, <laughs> let's tell George what we're doing next. Okay. Sunday! Um... You paid for the whole seat, but you only need the edge. Did you ever hear that? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yes. So all the great and campy and fun and gore that we've experienced, we're going to do it one more time. Mm-hmm. But in, I guess... In Afternoon of the Dead. <laughs> no. Evening better. of the Dead. <laughs> Brunch with the dead. (laughs) Uh, No, it's called Return of the Living Dead. Okay. What was that, 87? 85, same year, man. 85, oh, same year. A couple of months later. So you get an alternate, you get 1985B as far as the uh, (laughs) timelines go. Is this also a Romero film? We're not going to tell you anything. It's actually a sequel to <laughs> Gone with the Wind, but oh. you know, yeah, it's is it four hours? It's long? Return of the Jedi yeah. Part Two. Return of the Je- it's a J.J. Abrams film. <laughs> uh. We will tell you <laughs> nothing, sir. 
Yeah, I'm not going to tell you. Anything. So okay. you got to watch it, and then we'll talk about it. And then I think we will do that and record it. Yeah, we should probably we do that. We should do that. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at RemedialFilmPod. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RemedialFilmPod. And now you can find old catalog episodes on YouTube with some visual enhancement here and there. We'll be back next time with Return of the Living Dead. I think George is in for a treat. (laughs) 